County, West Virginia. We want to welcome you to the Healthy Harrison podcast, a show designed to help you change your state. I'm Amy Haberbosch Wilson, and our co-host today is Brock Malcolm. Brock is a local healthcare attorney and also our Healthy Harrison president. Welcome, Brock. Thanks, Amy. We're streaming this program live today on Healthy Harrison Facebook page, as well as the statewide distribution network of our media partner, WestVirginianews.com. Every week at this time, we chat with individuals who are focused on the mission of Healthy Harrison, fostering measurable improvement to the health and well-being of our citizens in North Central West Virginia. We try to bring in little takeaways each week. I know Gary started those a few weeks, a few months back. Um, and I guess it was, I was tasked to find one for today. And since we're talking about healthy grand families, we've all heard the saying that it takes a village and this is truly what they are doing today. It's a healthy families, healthy communities and reaching out on whatever we can do to help raise a healthy village. Today, we're talking with Pam Hotzenpiller and Julie Salmon on Healthy Grand Families. So welcome both of you. Thank you for having us. Thank you. I'll give a little bio and then I wanna hear from both of them explain some of the things because it's very extensive. Julie has spent a majority of her work um, life in the legal area and prior to this current position, she worked for a quasi state governmental entity providing member services focused on education, advocating, brokering supportive resources and promoting mental health through groups and individual therapy. In the educational field placement at the Family Services ultimately resulted in a job opportunity as a social worker for Healthy Grand Families program in Health Harrison County last November. Pamela, or do you go by Pam? Pam, that's fine. Okay, retired special education, 48 years experience to date, and we've heard you're not done yet. <laughs> so you've got several current positions and we'd love to hear about some of those now. So I'm gonna kind of turn it over to you to talk about a little bit about your history. Uh, well, I, I became a teacher in 1973. Gosh, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> but, um, and I worked primarily in the special education field. I ended up retiring from Bridgeport High School as a special educator, department chair. Um, the, uh, I know you want to watch it. Um, they, um, okay. And before I retired though, back in 1984, I became involved with our Parent Educator Resource Center. And we work with parents and educators, helping them work together, help, not really like a mediation, but at times, uh, so that they understand each other's point of view. Parents many times just have a lot of questions about uh, their child and that may be newly diagnosed um, um, disability or exceptionality, we call them nowadays, or, or uh, learning differences. Um, and we provide information to them so they understand that, they understand their child's learning better, and then what the school can do. And then we help the teachers in the same way because a lot of times they're not sure about uh, certain uh, um, exceptionalities. And well, the, the special education teachers have a lot of information, but sometimes not the regular ed teachers. So we work with parents and teachers to form a partnership. And my whole goal is to help a parent help a teacher, and then I get out of the way and let the two of them work together. So then I retired from teaching and kept that uh, work going with the Parent Educator Resource Center. And they confront, they not really confronted me, but asked me about helping with the Healthy Grand Families Project. And uh, I was working with another lady who soon had to retire for some health issues. And before I knew it, I was the coordinator of the project. Um, 
and I, I just, I love the work. I just, uh, I'm glad that it came along. And, and at first I told him, no, I had too much going on, as you can see in the background here. But uh, it's been very, very rewarding. Lots of community support across the county. Um, when we go to a Board of Education meeting, usually I have anywhere from 60 to 80 um, um, certificates of appreciation that I'm giving out to businesses, restaurants, um, volunteer adults, students, other teachers. It's just, it's not me, it's the community. So, Amy, any other questions there? I think I'm well, no, that was a great intro and welcome. And can you introduce the one you have or does he want to? Hey, Logan, will you come here a second? Logan. Logan. Hi, Logan. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Hearing at something that I'm going to put on over there right now. He's, we will see him in a minute as he flies by. That'll be just having a wait. And he starts um, preschool on Monday at Johnson. So we're excited about that. Nice. Good. Mom and dad are both tied up today. And I go, yeah, I can handle this. So yeah. we're going to see if I can. <laughs> Doing great. Julie, what about you? I, um, gosh, after Pam's, I kind of don't, I, you know, <laughs> everything's downhill. Um, so yeah. I... <laughs> Uh, this is an encore career for me as a social worker. I've been, as you mentioned, Amy, um, mostly in the legal area. We've moved around a, a lot as a family, so that became problematic with different laws, you know, practicing in certain areas. Um, so I um, decided to go back to school, become a social worker, um, and just graduated from WVU. I was wanting, I focused on women's um, issues and also gerontology because I understand the importance as we age, especially with an older population, that um, those needs of the older population can really, if we can meet those, if we can um, find resources, we not only help that population, we helped everybody. So that was my focus coming in. And as you mentioned, Amy, I did my field placement um, at Family Services. And so when the position came up in Harrison County, um, which the position is um, funded through United Way, but my guidance is from, I, I'm employed by Family Services. So when this position came up, she immediately thought of me and um, I got plugged in here and I'm, I'm, I, I'm so blessed, but also I get to work with Pam who has such a connection with the community. As I mentioned, I've been, we've lived all over the United States. So this is really something um, special to see somebody with so many connections that if I have a question, if I have a need, I go to Pam, Pam knows where to send me. Um, that's been probably one of the most gratifying parts of this job is that I can give people answers. And um, that's, that's like so fulfilling. Um, so that's Pam and I, I'm almost a year into this and um, I really do appreciate working with this community. The school board is so incredibly supportive. And I think with the component of United Way Family Services and the school board, this is really an opportunity um, and a recipe for success in meeting the needs of the populations that we serve. Well, I'm, I'm lucky to be on the board uh, for the United Way. And so I can say that you know, we obviously we get reports on a regular basis about the incredible work that you, that you ladies are doing. Maybe you could, for the people that have never heard of healthy grand families, 
tell us a little bit about the purpose and goal of the program and, um, and you know, what you're doing every day. Do you want me to step in, Pam? That would be fine. <clears throat> so the program, I believe, and don't quote me on dates, but it started back in, uh, the inception was 2015. I think they were putting together the what the program would look like. And in social work, we talk about evidence-based and research-based practice. And that's exactly what this program is, that they've done the research and they've done the, they, they, they're finding out what the needs are. So um, we had uh, in Harrison County, when we initially started the, the classes, which was kind of what the research and evidence-based part was surrounded uh, by, um, we had two sessions going at one time with huge classes. So they knew the need was there. And then they developed the programming based on the educational component and the social work component. So we, the educational component is, is topic areas that they've identified that a grandparent population would need more information about, would need more support in those areas to be able to successfully and resourcefully and supportively raise grandchildren at this stage in their life. So we talk about communication. We talk about family relationships and what parenting in the 21st century looks like. We talk about technology because that's different than when we were raising, and I'm, I'm in that age group when we were raising our children. Um, we talk about navigating the legal system because I will say almost 100% nobody's situation legally when they're raising grandchildren is the same. So that information is invaluable so that you feel secure that you're able to get your child, um, the child in your home, um, medical help and help in the schools, navigating the school system. So that's, that's paramount to be able to supporting your child. Um, we talk about nutrition. We talk about self-care and health literacy. We know that our grandparents have at least one chronic health condition. Most have three to five. So when you think about your health being a factor when you're raising children, you know you need a lot of energy. You know you need to be able to, um, you know, with babies, get on the floor. Um, there's just so much involved. So being health, uh, taking care of yourself, we really stress that. They need a lot of self-care. Um, in West Virginia, um, we're a high proportion of our grandparents come into caring for the children due to um, substance use abuse. So we need to talk about addiction and trauma um, it, within our groups, um, navigating the school system. Oh, and stress, stress. Stress is huge. So you have stress at a different time in your life. So we have that educational component that we offer. And then there's a social work component. So many times we will get a, have contact with a family at a, at a moment in crisis. So this, while this educational component is fantastic, when you're in a moment of crisis, you, this learning about stress honestly could be helpful, but you can't actually get to there, get there. So we meet the grand families where they're at. If you're in a moment of crisis and you need legal help, I'm going to connect you right with legal help right away. I'm going to make sure that they're able to assist you. Same thing with navigating, um, you know, medical help or um, with substance use abuse, there's support groups for families who are dealing like a grandparent dealing with a child who's in active addiction. And then the, the, the grandchild that you're raising that loves this parent 
and has to navigate those feelings of um, you know, being abandoned, loving the parent, all of that. So the social work aspect is me brokering services for them, advocating, finding services. If it's food insecurity, we, we get those, um, we, we look for those resources. So that's kind of the healthy grand families in a nutshell. Um, and the, our relationship with them, it's, it was initially set off set up as a six month kind of setup where we'd have three months of classes and three months of social work. That really, it's a nice structure, but it really doesn't ever work that way. And I will be their uh, um, advocator, broker the entire time I'm here. That will never stop. And so that's probably a good thing to know is that once their six months are done, we're not going to walk away. We're not going right. to just... Um, not provide anymore. I'm always going to be here. Yeah, and and that's the role too of the Parent Educator Resource Center. They're now parents. Julie and I work very close together. As soon as she gets new information, she gives it to me. So I have it for all parents. And when I get new information, I make sure that Julie's aware of it so that she can share it with our grandparents who are now parents. So it's it's what's your what's your geographical area that you serve? We're Harrison County. Okay, okay. Harrison County. And uh, see, I'm funded by the Board of Education. Now, Family Services wrote a grant with the United Way, and that funds her um, salary. But that, you know, it's a good marriage right there because we're trying to serve, you know, parents. Oh, Pam, I think you're muted. Okay, sorry. But That's right. so we're Harrison County, but the project. Um, and where we have a memorandum of understanding with West Virginia State University's project. And Bonnie Dunn, who is the project director for the state, there's a website, it's healthygrandfamilies.com, healthygrandfamilies.com. And you can go there and you can click on the link and it shows the contact person in every county in the state of West Virginia that Bonnie has been to every county. She did it expeditiously. I mean, I've never seen anything go as fast as this did. She was like, it was less than a year. She had been in every county and helped them set up their focus group, their key, their key people committee, whatever you want to call it. And so she has a contact person and a, and a phone number on, on that uh, link on that page. Okay. Can I also mention, um, we serve Harrison County. Pam does such a fantastic job of getting healthy grandfamilies, the program out in the community. She connects me up with TV stations, with newspapers, um, all, all of these uh, other media venues that I get calls from all counties. Um, I actually get calls from out of state because they've seen us on a newscast somewhere. So in that way, I, I will advocate for them um, in any way I can and send them information. I always preface it with, this is for Harrison County. Um, we're different than Mon County. We're different than Preston County. We're different than Marion County. So it's good, um, like I can provide healthy grandfamily information, but I know exactly what's available in Harrison County. I don't have that knowledge in other counties and I don't want to give anybody um, 
the impression that I do, but I do want to send them to help. Um, so that's that's just something to know that we'll we'll assist anybody, but we want to make sure that they know that we're Harrison County and they I'll look for uh, resources in their counties. And many of the agencies that we have as um, resources don't serve just Harrison County. They serve the surrounding counties also. So, no, we don't, we don't mind if somebody calls us from another county. We're going to take the time, you know, to help them get where they Yeah, you know, shared yeah. resources. and Right. Um, well, real quick, I want to um, just let everyone know our podcast today is brought to you by WVU Medicine, United Hospital Center, WVU State Journal, WVUNews.com, and Interaction Media. So a question, um, who's eligible for these services? You want to hit that one, Julie, please? So we are providing services, again, this is us in Harrison County, for any, any grandparent or kinship care provider who are raising a child in their home absent of a, a, a biological parent. So if your grandma and maybe your kids live there and they're just gone now, but you still have the grandkids, we're gonna help you. It doesn't matter if this is a legal relationship, if it's, um, even if it's temporary and we can provide assistance, um, if mom and dad are gone, if they're sick, if they're, um, if they're maybe in the military, we're gonna provide them assistance. So that's, uh, we're pretty broad. And I love that aspect of it because why not? I mean, we, these services, just because you don't have a blood relationship or um, something formalized, we still serve them. They still have the same needs that um, that they would have, and they're also taking care of kids. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of our bottom line there. Are there um, any fees for participation in the program? Great question. There are no fees. Um, we actually, when you sign up for the educational component, we have gift cards that we give. Um, when we do the the live component of the sessions, you get fed. Um, so you get daycare for your kids while you're in class. So there's some serious perks um, to being um, to being in the program. You know, when we first started uh, architect, being the architects of this program um, with the Board of Education, obviously we we knew that there was the need for education on, like you said, how to navigate the legal system if you're trying to adopt a grandchild or you're trying to get um, some sort of recognition of custody so you can get medical care or whatever. What we didn't necessarily anticipate was that this would become such an important support group for not only the grandparents going through this together, but also for the kids who are dealing with being raised by often elderly grandparents and their parents are gone. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that and some of the, the benefits that have sprung from that that maybe weren't expected. I think that's such an important point because I think it really gets down to some other basic things. What is a family? And Amy, you mentioned about, you know, it takes a village. And I think that we kind of need to come back to, you know, the village being, you know, what's the core unit look like? You know, what are we actually supporting? How do we support them? So I think kids are, um, there was, we wanna, we're, we're working on one of the big things is erasing the stigma of, you know, like you mentioned um, that we are, it's not a mom and a dad, you know, that's that, you know, of course it is, but that's not the end all be all. 
it's those adults in your life that support you on a day-to-day -day basis. And, and in that way, then, I think it's more opening for kids to be able to um, understand that family is those who support you and raise you. Um, and so we can talk about those things. And kids are finding out more and more that, hey, so-and-so is also being raised by grandparents or a great aunt or an aunt. Um, so in that, in that way, it becomes more um, readily, knowledge is there and we can talk about it. Um, it. There's groups for kids, teens, when their parents are, um, you know, in addiction, um, active using. And so those things we're trying to promote more so that the kids can support, support each other and it doesn't, again, become stigmatized. Um, yeah, in our in our live sessions, the kids love getting together every week. It's, I mean, they're excited to go at night, and that's the that all is attributed to what you know the programming that Pam's put together with babysitters and how we set up the system of, of those evenings, how they become. It's not a chore; it's an actual event on a weekly basis, and they get sad when the classes are done. So these are you know these are friendships that they can form based on this situation that they're all in. I, I did want to talk about one other aspect. When we're working with grand grand families, one of the biggest things I hear is that they didn't know that there are other people in their position because nobody's talking about this. You know, it's still again looked at like there's a failure on the part of the the grandparent and in whatever reasoning brought them, whatever circumstances brought the kids into their lives. So knowledge that they're not alone that they did nothing wrong. All of these things can be so empowering that I may never get another call from a, grand, a grandparent because they just said, I'm so glad you're here. And I know you'll be here for me when I need things. And then I don't hear, but that is such a huge relief to them. And that I've been told that numerous times. Did that answer your question? Sorry, I, I went off on that. No, completely. I, I think, you know, again, one of the things that we initially were talking about was things that didn't exist, like social media, you know, uh, 40 years ago when many of these people were raising their, their own children and helping them learn how to navigate social media and know what to look for, out for in terms of the dangers of social media when you're raising a child in this environment today, or, you know, the school system is very different than it was back then. But but the, the social impact that, you, that you've just talked about is, it was such an unforeseen, um, but incredibly important part of the program. Exactly. She touched on something else too. The, the, the grandparents, like she said, when they get together, they love, they just love that they're not alone. And they'll, they, they realize that and the support and encouragement that they give to each other. And the same thing happens with, with the kids when they're back in those groups. Another thing that blossomed from this is that we finish up with a session at the end of the sessions, end of eight, and they say they're going, well, where's number nine, 10, 11, and 12? <laughs> well, there isn't, but uh, uh, the first social worker that worked with our project, and she was great, but she got whisked away by another agency, and it, it was totally understood. And then and I, they, they were blessed, and we miss her. But Julie, you know, she said she started back in October, and you've heard people hit the ground running. Julie hit the ground at warp speed. But O'Reilly, the first social worker we talked and we decided then, and we formed the grandparents as parents support group. And they meet at least monthly. There've been times they've met bi-monthly. 
but it's based on what else do you need to know or what more do you want to know about the legal system or about the education system. And sometimes those are just one on one things. So we've got the sessions that we offer. We've got the grandparent support group. We've got the one on one help from Julie. But it, it's, it also encompasses, and we found out, it's not just um, grandparents, like she mentioned, aunts, uncles. We have brothers and sisters raising their younger siblings, okay? So then <laughs> Riley also had the idea, and we hit that, hit, took that and ran with it, our um, grandfamilies and kinship caregivers support group. No, no, not support group. Uh, resource fair. We've had two of them. And uh, we have over 50 agencies and the grandparents or kinship caregivers can walk in and uh, go through the tables. It's usually it's been at Village Square, walk around the tables and get information and know what is available. And, and it's just it is a sight to behold because grandparents can see the, the support. They can see that other people care about what they're doing. And we always start our sessions with. Thank you. Thank you to the grandparents that you are there for your grandchildren. You've welcomed them into your home, into your lives. You're providing a roof over their heads and food and love. And, and it's, a, it's a service to our society. And we thank you for doing that for us. And uh, they, they, are, they, they feel, I think, makes them feel much better about their situation. And that sure it does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you both, you both, our key goal, one of our key goals, support uh, you both I think we mentioned it every single week when we have different guests coming in it's all about the support too how you can support your community and support each other and so what are some of the limitations that you see with this program do you have it does all the face-to-face -face except I go to the classes she she does all the face-to-face -face home visits so I'm going to defer that question to her yes it to you Julie yeah the limitations uh, well I you know COVID kind of hit us in the butt um, with, <laughs> I, in my experience with this population of people, um, phone contact is amazing. Face-to-face -face is where it's at. And I think that's been hard for me to navigate because when you're, when we're working in this intimate situation, because really we're going, I'm going into their life, you know, and we're talking about what they need. And that's very, that's a vulnerable position to be in. So when face-to-face, -face, I think makes it more authentic, you know, like they, they can see that I, I care. They can see that I, I just want to, you know, provide resources over the phone. And, um, you know, even me sending information is kind of tough. So in this today, that's a big limitation that I see. And I can't wait until <clears throat> we can do live classes. And, and uh, I, I just feel like when we meet, face-to-face, -face, we have a stronger relationship, if you put it that way. Um, I think one of the other limitations is, um, you know, the program is new. So I don't think it's a, a limitation. I think it's just a growing pain. I would like more continuity between the counties. I would, because we, you can have somebody that lives like just a mile over the county line. Um, and they may be closer like to coming to classes in Harrison County versus Marion. So in that way, I think that it might be better, you know, to have more of a synergy between the counties. Um, 
that way. And, and I hope, like I said, I think that we're going to get there. We're just still kind of young in our, right. in our programming. Um, I, honestly, this is a fun program. Um, and I've never worked in a, a place that I hear yes more, way more often than I hear no. And I, and it's, it's a mind boggling because I go, it's hard to get around the fact that you know what, they'll probably tell me yes if I ask them to do this. And um, I'm like, wow, I have the best job ever because I mean, who gets told yes all the time? <laughs> you know, I, I, I she wonders where I come up with the volunteers. You know, I just uh, call people or and and I'll say, will you think about this? And they think about it, the answer is yes. And I'm like, wow, it's um, people and they see it. They see it in their own families. They see it in their next door neighbors. They see it where their coworkers, how they're struggling. And so I think that's what, that's what has made the project successful. And I, I, it's because people see the need and they want to help. Well, there's no question that the Board of Education is 100% behind the program. So they must be seeing um, success in the classroom as well. Maybe you could talk just a, briefly about that and, and and what kind of successes you're seeing from this program? Um, we, we get a lot of calls from grand families and we're able to help them, you know, especially with COVID and how are you going to, how am I going to deal with all these kids? And we had to help with uh, getting internet services. We had to help in getting devices in the home. That was before they sent the iPads home with everybody. Uh, now, as far as any data, we don't have any of that yet. Lola Brown, who is our Title I coordinator, you know, it's looking into how we can figure that out. But we do know, like I said, that we're helping grandparents. Um, uh, if, let's say, for example, they get a notice home about a meeting and they're not sure what that meeting is about. Sometimes it's simply a school assistance team meeting. Sometimes he just poured the whole bag of cookies in his little bowl. Isn't he just <laughs> um, uh, or it might be uh, about talking about an evaluation for their child or a 504 meeting. So we're able to help in those respects, helping them understand their role in uh, getting uh, better services for their child at the school level. So as, as, but as far as data, I don't believe that there is any available at this time, Brock. Well, but you know, obviously you're keeping the kids um, who are otherwise in a potentially really traumatic situation mm -hmm. uh, with loved ones, with people that they know and trust, and they're not being sent out into our overtaxed uh, foster care system where they often, you know, end up being moved time and again. And so um, and I have to imagine that, that that relates to kids being in school more regularly and um, more attentively, even if we don't yet have data. Um, but you're right, or, or they have to be moved out of this county sometimes. They're, they're not even in their home county. They go as far as Wood County or Kanawha County sometimes. So, and which makes it harder for family members to go visit them. So we, we really, we really, really very much want to always tell them how much we appreciate what they're doing. Well, you mentioned the the fair, and uh, obviously you mentioned the the Healthy Grand Families website. Um, for people in Harrison County who are watching this, what should they do if, if they're uh, a, a grandparent or an aunt or uncle or great aunt or somebody who's not a biological parent who's in need of these services, what's the next step for them? Julie, I'm gonna let you share your phone number because you're the face-to-face -face person. Um, we have, um, you know, they can call me, call Pam, 304-326-7785, that's mine. 
Um, we also, um, they can connect us on Facebook. So we put a lot of notices on there and I talked to grandparents who like to, and I, and lurking, I'm using the term lurking, but not in a bad way. Um, but if they lurk on the, um, grandparents as parents page on Facebook, they can kind of see what we're about. They can see what we're posting and they can get information that way until they feel comfortable with say calling me or Pam or becoming involved in the Healthy Grand Families program. I think that, um, especially I think with the way we're kind of, the people of West Virginia, you know, they're kind of, um, you know, they wanna be sure that somebody's gonna be helpful for them um, and, and supportive of their situation. So I appreciate that um, hesitancy in accessing service, but yeah, they can call me up. There's no obligation, there's no fee, um, we can talk. So yeah. Well, that's great. I, I know that people, uh, you know, they, they most importantly need to realize they're not alone, that they're mm -hmm. not the only ones dealing with this situation and that, that there's a whole community of people like them and that, that they can join that community and get the resources and help that they need uh, without being judged or any stigma or any, any, you know, negatives at all, really. Exactly. I did want to mention too, um, and maybe you all have seen it on the news, but Governor Justice has started the Healthy Grand Families vaccine. I don't know what the name of the program is per se. I think I've saw, I, I've seen a couple different titles, but if a grandparent has been vaccinated and anybody over 12 in their home that they're raising has been vaccinated, there's a $150 Visa gift card available to them. They just need to be part of our program and, and have been vaccinated. Um, and I can, they would, register through me and then we'd make, get that ball rolling so they could have access to that. And they could spend that money on anything they want. Um, so it's, it's things like that, that we're, this is a perfect opportunity if other grandparents who aren't part of our program see this and then they'll become part of our program in whatever format works for them. Um, so I, I just wanted to plug that. Thank you. Oh, I'm glad you did. That was good information. I wasn't aware of that, so. Well, we want to thank both of you. I know, um, Pam, you had talked about the, the thank yous that you try to give out. Uh, just the passion that you both have and the excitement in what you're doing. Can't thank you both enough for all this and partnering with us. It comes from the support that we get. Like she said, people saying yes, and it makes it so much easier to keep going. I'm sure it does. <laughs> well, thank you both for being with us today. Brock, thanks again. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Thank you. And to everyone out there, it's our goal to change your state of mind and ultimately change the state of health here in West Virginia and throughout West Virginia. If you wanna know more right now, you can visit healthyharrison.org or you can visit the Healthy Harrison Facebook page and give us a like. You'll find lots of support like we talked about today and you can stream past episodes of our podcast on the Facebook page. Again, we'd like to thank our sponsors, WVU Medicine, United Hospital Center, Western University, The State Journal, wvunews.com and Interaction Media. So on behalf of Healthy Harrison, Brock and I, thank you all for joining us today. We'll see you next week with Gary. And I think I'm back again too with Gary um, on the 17th. So everyone have a nice weekend. And thank you both again.